When I originally heard that this baseball season was going to be 60 games long and there would not be any fans to be able to watch the game, we are watching them on television though, I wasn't a very happy camper. But then an article came out and it was published by KansasCityMag.com dated on the 4th of August and our good friend did it again, Martin Sismar. It had an interesting headline. It says, what it's really like inside a baseball stadium right now. And what was inside the parentheses really got my attention. He said, you're not missing much. Well, I wanted to find out what he meant by that. And this article that was dated August the 4th of this year, and it was in, of course, KansasCityMag.com, got me very much interested. And for tonight, I'm going to let you in on why Mr. Sismar is saying we're not missing much this year. What it's really like inside a baseball stadium right now. Specifically the K. We will get into that right after this. The New Directions Podcast has a Facebook page, and I invite you the next time you're on Facebook to make your way to this web address, which is facebook.com slash rkc70. That is the quick link to get to the podcast page. You'll see stories that I have talked about in the past. You'll see stories that I will be talking about in the very near future, or at least plan on talking about. And you'll see some items that I just thought belonged on the page. I have a combination of things, and I hope you find it entertaining when you do decide to visit the New Directions Podcast Facebook page. Once again, the link is this, facebook.com slash rkc70. Check it out. You'll be very glad that you did. I'm sure that the best way that we could describe this year of 2020, and I'll be nice when I say this one, it would be strange. A perfect indication of how strange it's been, thanks of course to COVID-19, is the idea of having a sporting event without a crowd. Martin Sismar of Kansas City Magazine paid a visit to Kauffman Stadium recently to kind of get an idea of what the atmosphere is like. And I want to share with you what he found out. Article reads this way, Can I help you? That was the first and last thing anyone said to me at Kauffman Stadium on Saturday. The report was on August the 4th, by the way. As the Royals opened a homestand against the Chicago White Sox. On the way in, it was the parking attendant at the Lona entrance not blocked with jersey barriers who seemed bewildered to find someone coming up to the stadium just a half hour before the first pitch. On the way out, it was two bored bicycle cops in neon vests aimlessly doing donuts in the big empty lot 
where fans would normally be found with grills aflame and beers apopped. What's game day like inside a baseball stadium right now? I've been wondering since watching the Royals open the season against my Cleveland Indians last week. The broadcasters tend to be vague about the atmosphere, remarking sparingly on the piped-in crowd noise or the cardboard people behind home plate. Sports writers likewise are mostly mum on the subject. Why, I wonder, did they not want to taunt fans forced to stay home? Was it just too weird to easily explain? I wanted to see it wanted to see it for myself, so I secured credentials for Saturday night's Royals game against the potent White Sox offense. My friends all had the same thought I did. FOMO range raged. Jealous jealous, wish I was there. I'd love to see a live baseball game right now. Well, here's the truth, which is somehow sadder than everyone having fun without you. You're not missing much. The brand of live baseball we all miss doesn't really exist. Even if you found yourself inside the K, the thing you want to experience isn't there. Sure, there are familiar professional athletes playing the game, but the experience of watching them isn't what you remember. Watching at home on your couch with beer is unquestionably more fun than this simulacrum. Arriving at Kaufman, the first thing you notice, other than how expected your visit is by the parking attendants, is how empty the lot is. An ocean of asphalt surrounds the K in Arrowhead Stadium 400 yards to the west. The few cars in the lot are cloistered around Gate D on the southwest side of the stadium. Attendees are asked to sign a lengthy release form promising not to sue the Royals or Major League Baseball if they contract COVID-19 and stating that they have no symptoms. Then it's, off the security, then it's off the security gate where the staff takes your temperature with an instant read, no touch thermometer, and guides you through the familiar metal detector. Everyone inside the stadium and not on the field wears masks. The only people in the stands are the media and a handful of team PR folks, all of whom are situated in the Diamond Club behind home plate. You won't see them on the broadcast, but upwards of 50 people are seated up there, all having their own little desk area. In the stands, everyone is seemingly sitting a little further back than they would. I'm in the Diamond Club instead of buying seats near home plate. The photographers are in the first row behind the dugout instead of on the field level. The Royals have opened one concession stand, which serves medium meals for five bucks. There's no beer or hot dogs, just Pepsi products and your choice of chicken strips, a Caesar wrap, or a burger. The concession stand shuts down an hour after that first pitch. Watching on TV, the crowd noise and familiar graphics project normalcy. Inside the stadium, there are no such extravagances. They're not screening other games or showing scenes from the stadium on the screens in the concourses, which are on but fixed on a static image. The piped-in crowd noise is quiet enough that you can hear the drone of the outfield fountains in the background and the clapping of White Sox bench coach Super Joe McEwing, the only person who was particularly animated on this night as the Sox jumped out to an early lead. The traffic noise on I-70 was audible, with the noise of a whizzing motorcycle or downshifting truck rising above the din. 
during quiet moments, it feels like you're listening to ASMR, whatever the heck that is. The other thing that stands out is the complete lack of stimuli away from the diamond. No kiss cam, no hot dog races. The lack of interaction between players and everyone else was so pronounced that my eyes were immediately drawn to lower seats when someone tossed the ball into what appeared to be a scout. Other than that, they just play baseball. Pitchers throw the ball, batters try to hit it. Hits are fielded. For whatever reason, the players aren't chatting or joking around as much as they do during a typical game, inside carrying themselves in a workmanlike way. Back up, back up on the concourse, a cop and security guard are leaning on the rails watching the game instead of looking for drunks and loudmouths to, dis, to dissuade, them, dissuade from misbehavior. This is the most baseball I've watched in nine years, says one team security guard. I kind of miss the fans, says the cop. And they show pictures on the outside. It doesn't make any sense, ladies and gentlemen, that we have to go through what we're having to. We're watching the games. We see empty seats. There are some cardboard cutouts, and there are some teams that are in the process that have um, that are doing some promotional type things for those cardboard cutouts. They are offering. <coughs> Excuse me. Proceeds from one one of those cardboard cutouts getting hit with the baseball go to Royals Charities. The A's are the first ones that came up with this idea. I don't know whether it's happening in Major League Baseball or not. I'm glad to be watching baseball again. I am very happy that baseball's back going. They did get a chance to see a couple of games today. The Royals won the first one 4-0, lost the second one 5-0 to Cincinnati. They played a doubleheader. But it just seems to me that in this 60-game season, they're rushing through all of it. Another outlet... I refuse to call it a new normal. I'm going to call it a temporary normal. Going through games in a workmanlike manner. Apparently what Martin Sismar was trying was able to find was really anything but fun. So perhaps it's a good idea for this year to stay home. On the other side of this break, we're going to go back to KansasCityMag.com. They have come up with a Johnson County city that is one of the best places in the country to be quarantined at home. There was a new study out that mentioned the name of the city, and we're going to take a look at that next.
Ours is a strength like no other. Born of grit, determination, endless resilience. It's a physical, mental, emotional strength. It's about character, purpose, possibility. But one thing is perfectly clear. There's strong, then there's Kansas City strong. For more than 180 years, Kansas City has faced countless challenges and powered through each to embrace a brighter day. Across our city and in every corner of our community, you are coming together by staying apart, showing your strength in solitude. Now is the time to dig in and do what's necessary. Today, Kansas City Strong is our battle cry. Show us your strength, Kansas City. They're strong. Then there's Kansas City Strong. Visit us online at kansascitystrong.org. A lot of people during this pandemic have had to quarantine at home for certain periods of time. And there was a study that just came out recently done by the website Lawnstarter that has labeled the cities that were, were among the best places in the country to be quarantined. This article was from KansasCityMag.com. It was dated August 11th. Bryce Bailey provided the words for us. And here we go. Overland Park is the fourth best city in the country to be stuck at home in, according to a recent study done by the website Lawnstarter. The website used 29 different safety-oriented data metrics to compare the 150 most populated cities in the country. The various metrics are divided into five categories, community safety, health and wellness, natural hazards, financial safety, and digital security. Based on those metrics, Overland Park comes in at four, scoring 73 of the possible 100 safety-related points. Two suburbs of Dallas and the California city of Elk Grove are the only cities to rank higher.
Overland Park's high placement is mostly due to the fact that it scores very well in the health and wellness, quality of life, and financial safety categories, all in the top 10 of cities. However, OP only ranks the, fifth, the 15th safest city when it comes to community safety and crime statistics. Overland Park's lower ranking in the community safety could be due to the fact that Kansas City is currently experiencing a big uptick in violent crime. Operation Legend has already brought hundreds of federal agents to the city to help officers with unsolved homicide cases. In comparison, St. Louis also makes an appearance on the list, but for the opposite reason. It falls at the opposite end of the spectrum, the fourth worst city, only a handful of points higher than the worst-ranked city, which is, believe it or not, not New York, but Detroit. Despite Kansas City's overall rough year in terms of violent crime, Overland Park is the one, is the one of the safest cities in the country to be living in right now. Well, well, well. Not too bad. Going to add one more thing to this segment, and that and we'll go to InKansasCity.com for this one. This, these are five things that we didn't know about Lowe's Chef de Cuisine, Patrick LeBeau. It is in Kansas. It is from our friends at In Kansas City Magazine. We'll get right to that right now. At Lowe's Hotel, Lowe's, as Lowe's Hotel Chef de Cuisine, Patrick LeBeau was the new culinary kid on the block. The Rochester, New York native, developed the passion for cooking at a young age. He enrolled in culinary classes while in high school and received his bachelor's degree from the Culinary Institute of America in 2012. After a stint in Rhode Island, LeBeau moved to Chicago and worked his way up at the famed No Mai. He says his style of cooking is strongly influenced both by the local offerings in Chicago and by what he learned from his fellow No Mai chefs. Now he's crushing it at the Metro's newest posh downtown hotel. <coughs> Excuse me. After spending a year out of hotel kitchens doing research and development for Home Chef, I'm excited to get back into the hotel business and see what Kansas City has to offer, he says. We caught up with the kitchen whiz kid to find out five things you might not know about him. Number five, he spent one Christmas Eve locked in a suitcase outside in the snow. Long story short, I'm the youngest in the family, and my older cousins had a mean sense of humor. Number four, his first tattoo was a leprechaun with a chef hat and hockey gloves. Pretty much the best way to sum me up in one image. Number three, growing up, I was a super picky eater. But enough about my brother. But anyway, my diet was centered around hot dogs, mac and cheese, and buttered noodles. Now there isn't much I won't eat, or at least try once. Number two, I'm a stickler for reservations. I once drove six hours through four states and a snowstorm just to keep dinner reservations. 100% worth it, and I would do it again. And last but not least, a degree in law. If I hadn't gone to culinary school, I was considering going to school for a law degree. Back then, I really liked to argue with people about pretty much anything, so why not, so why not try to make a career 
out of it. Five things that you did not know about the, the super chef whose name, let me get him back again, is Patrick LeBeau. A look ahead to tomorrow night on the other side of this break. Going to throw an extra song in tonight. We'll bring Hank Williams Jr. to do it. Here he is with America Will Survive.
for a tooth and an eye for an eye. That's an old slogan we're gonna revive. Like it or not, ladies and gentlemen, and I hope you do like it, by the way, America will survive. On our next edition of the podcast, we're going to take a look at converting a little red barn into a senior dog shelter. InKansasCity.com provided the story about this one. That will be our main story tomorrow night. And on the other side, the other one will be about the single most epic date night in Kansas City. Both of which I think will be kind of, What they'll talk about is something I never would have considered. Tune in to our next edition of the podcast and I will share that particular one with you. So please join me for our next edition of the show. Our final thought this evening is a public service announcement. And this, I can kind of speak with a little more passion because I work in an area like this right now. And to those of you that are customers going into that area, listen and listen close. This is a public service announcement. When you are going to a store and there's an employee standing at the door whose job is to turn you away if you don't have a mask, remember, he or she is probably scared to even have to be in that position. Number two, and listen close on this one, guys. They have no political affiliation with this. They may even be against it. Let me read that part again. They have no political affiliation with this. They may even be against it. Last but not least, remember, they are considered essential. They are not collecting unemployment and they have bills to pay. Please respect the retail workers. I am among them, my friends. It's not their fault. I don't care what you think about masks. It costs nothing to be kind. This part of it, I put in also. I don't like this any more than you do. In fact, I passionately hate it. 
But if more of us wear the masks, maybe we can stop the spread of this virus, perhaps even stop the virus itself. And here's the thought, ladies and gentlemen, we could even go back to normal. I would personally love that, and I know a lot of you would too. And here's hoping somehow, some way, we get there someday. That's going to wind things up for tonight's edition of the New Directions podcast. We will see you next time. Until then, this is a new version of God Bless the USA, which Lee Lee Greenwood wrote a long time ago. But he brought the acapella group home free and the singing sergeants with him to make this memorable. And I've had two people post this on Facebook within the last 24 hours. I posted it myself originally on the 3rd of July. And I think this is something that we need to stand up and listen to. To get us out of here tonight, Lee Greenwood, Home Free, and the Singing Sergeants. God bless the USA. Stay.